Father, we give ourselves into the hands of the Almighty God today. We give ourselves into your hands. Father God, in the midst of our struggle, our pain, our questions, our sickness, we lift you up. We lift a banner of victory today because we believe Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Father, I believe today in the life of everybody who is with us in person and also joining us online. We are raising a flag of victory today. In the midst of their pain, their question, their struggle, we're lifting up by faith today. We're lifting up the flag of victory. We believe victory is in the house today because His name is Jesus. Thank you for what you're about to do in the life of our people. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us all together. We give you glory and honor. We give you glory and honor. And once again, we surrender. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. Come on church, everybody, lift up your voice and shout an amen to the soon coming King. The one and only King Jesus is in this house. I am so excited. Come on church, be seated. Be seated in the presence of Almighty God today. What a beautiful morning. To know and to understand that in everything that we go through in our life, we have an answer. And the answer is Jesus Christ. Welcome back. Welcome home to our Sunday morning service. I know there are families who are coming back slowly into the service. I'm thankful that we have people here in this building. And also we have um, most of our other families joining us online. I'm so thankful that the last six months, God has enabled our church to grow uh, like never before. The year 2020, as we stepped into Amachi Amani, I just want to welcome some people. Melody in the house, thank you so much. Freddie, God bless you. There are people who are joining us from different... Sister Lenny, God bless you. God bless you. You should come. You should come. You are in Dallas. You should come here. There are people who are joining us from different places. I'm thankful for every single one of them who are joining us online. Uh, or in person, no matter where you are, we are welcoming you. And if you have taken the seats here, I don't want to. I don't want to mention this and take this, uh, you know, uh, as as a granted, you know. So just want to welcome you as a pastor of this church. We want to welcome every single one of you guys and people who are watching us online. If you have any sort of prayer request, do mention it below, or uh, uh, you can send us a message on our church, and uh, I'm sure our prayer team will be more than happy happy to agree with you for what you are believing in this season. Hallelujah. How many, how many of you are happy this morning? Amen. Come on, church. I didn't see that. Every, Nathan, are you not happy? Come on. I think, Nathan, you can lift both your hands up in the air and say, God, I'm happy to be in the house. Hallelujah. Kyle, are you not happy? You are? Raise both your hands, bro. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So glad that we could all join together to worship Him in this house together. And slowly as people are coming back, I'm dreaming that before 2020 ends, we can all gather together to have everybody, all our members can gather together to worship. And I'm praying that He will allow us to do so. But at the same time, there are families who can come join us. We understand the situation. Thank you that you are continuously joining us online the last six months. Thank you and may the Lord continue to bless you. Well, I am excited today. And one of the reasons is because I'm starting a new series, collection of talks within our church community here. And it's titled as Triggered. It's titled as Triggered. You know, and, and, and oftentimes, you know, in our family situation too, you know, there are words, there are sound, you know, that could trigger your other self, right? The other BC self of yours will come back alive when you hear that sound or you hear that conversation or you are part of that environment. You're easily 
triggered. You're easily triggered. I know a lot of you guys are agreeing with me in that. Uh, but as I mention this over here, I have to help our church understand that the, the word, the trigger, is an external stimulation that brings forth some thoughts in our mind. It captures us. It captures us. It brings some thoughts. And listen, thoughts are so essential because you are what your thoughts are right? You are what your thoughts are. So a trigger is an external stimulation that brings forth the thoughts in our mind. Here we have a, a decision to react positively or negatively based on the thoughts that has come to our mind. How does these thoughts come? Thoughts come because of the community that we are around. Thoughts come, the, 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 the areas we have engaged ourselves, our time has been you know, consumed in those areas. Those are the places from where you know, these thoughts creep in our mind. I was talking to somebody recently who were going through a low uh, a state in their life because of the community that they were in. And the moment you leave that community to walk inside and people who help you to, to bring that positive change within yourself, brother, sister, it's your decision to either remain in that community or to move out of that. Are you with me? And the moment you decide to step out of that community, that is, you know, all the time talking negative, all the time bringing, you know, thoughts that are not helping you grow in your spiritual life, it's about time for you to take a decision. Listen, many of our decisions are based on how we feel. Is that not true? How we feel. People push us to make some decisions. In, in, in some folks know how to press those buttons. Some folks know how to pull the trigger and, and what triggers you in that moment. Are you with me? It could be your wife or your husband or your children or it could be in a community, in a working space, school, college, wherever it is, people around you would know how to pull the trigger on you. And that drives your emotions. That drives your thoughts. And, and which, which means that many of our decisions are based on how we feel. Somebody said it right. When you're angry and upset, don't make any decisions. Because those decisions, you will regret it later. Maybe out of five minutes. There are people here who are short-tempered. You are angry. For the next 20 minutes, you are angry. And the words that come out of your mouth, you don't even recollect. You go, I mean, 30 minutes later. I, 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 you know, my dad is a short-tempered man. Right, he's very angry. He gets very angry. Easily things can trigger him. But you know, there are moments after he has said certain things, right? Said certain ways, said certain things. After 30 minutes, he cools down to realize, oh, shouldn't I? I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have been, you know, saying that. that might, and then he goes and apologizes. And I've seen him, you know, in our family lifestyle as well. I've seen him do that. He apologizes. He calms down real quick. There are a lot of people who, there are things around us that, that trigger us immediately. And we make some decisions very impulsively. We make some decisions. Brother, sister, if you are in that journey, when those given moments, you know, don't make decisions based on your feelings. Many of our decisions are based on how we feel at that time because your feelings fluctuate right your feelings fluctuate one of the things that we were taught while I was doing my chaplaincy program in Baylor hospital was you know when you have conversations with people when you have conversations with people they are going through uh, the very deepest lowest place in their life nobody likes to likes to stay in a hospital for such long time your emotions are fluctuating, your feelings are fluctuating, how you tap into that to navigate them into a positive life change. Many of our decisions are based on how we feel in that moment. In that moment. If you make somebody happy, they throw their entire life for you. But if you make that person angry, you know, they turn around and against that you. Decisions are based on the feelings, you know. And, and that's how you see. You've heard the phrase, if it feels good, right? Then you do it. If you feel good, that's the common phrase that we see in today's world. If you feel good, do it. But brother, sister, I know a lot of people who have joined certain classes, certain courses, you know, because it felt good at the moment, but two weeks, three weeks, a month, two months later, it didn't feel good. I had to quit that program. 
jump into something else. And there are people here who have changed their course like four or five times because every time they encounter some sort of discomfort, they're ready to change the program. They're easily triggered because they want to do things what makes them feel good in those moments. Let's look into a scripture portion here. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 9. And today I want to talk to you about uh, uh, the sermon title, In My Feelings, In My Feelings. I wish I could sing that song, but I'm not. Some, some of them uh, asked me, Pastor, don't even sing that. But I'm going to sing. It's okay. Right. Many of our, you know, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 9. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 to 9. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring looking, roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Let's pause in that verse, verse 8 for a moment. In the scriptures as you read, Peter is ex exhorting the church and is helping them about brothers and sisters that are persecution and struggles. He's helping the church navigate through uh, uh, tough situations and life in their journey. And if you look into 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 onwards, it's a scripture portion that Peter is addressing towards the elders of the church. Elders of the church, this is how your conduct must be. These are the things you must do as the children of God, or in other words, as the elders of the church God has placed you. It's a good scripture portion as I was reading through chapter 5. But when you come to verse 8 and 9, it starts off with actually verse sin. It says, humble yourself. We don't like the word humble in our, you know, we may put a post on social media and say, hashtag humble. We want to brag on that situation with a hashtag humble. But humility usually comes in the way you interact and you behave with people. Is that not true? Hallelujah. It's not just on a social media post and a hashtag that you give there, but your humility comes with the way you interact with people. Young people, respect your elderly folks. Young people, respect the elderly within your household. Respect your parents. Respect the elders within the church. Respect, you know, I, I, I think it was a year ago or so, I, so I, I still remember I mentioned our church when I was growing up. When I was growing up, you know, in the church, I was literally scared by a lot of our older people because if I did a mistake, I know the older uncles and aunties would come to correct me and my parents have given them full rights to do so. Are you with me? I grew up in that church environment. But we have come towards time and season where we don't like to correct people because we feel how will they take it. And I remember mentioning this at church, you know, when my son Josiah grows up, I would be really happy if the uncles and the aunties and the older people here would correct him so that he can grow. And I believe church is a family. We are a fellowship together. We function together. In our emotional state, we got to know, be alert and of sober mind. Because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a. Now he's not the real one. He just prowls around like a. Well, it's the simple basic of understanding that it's the entire concept in our thought process that we have seen something and we think it is the same. Or we have heard something and we think this is the way it is. He prowls like a lion. And we are scared of all those environments to walk in. And I'm sure there are a lot of these prowling lions that is placed in our life and family and our journey all the time. We are scared to do a lot of things because we think about the prowling lion situation. We don't want to encounter a lion. But Peter here exhorts and helps us understand. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in your faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing such kind of sufferings. In other words, Peter is helping his church understand the only way 
You can resist him is by standing firm in your faith. Standing firm in the faith that is passed on to you from your parents, from the elders, the faith that you have received in the congregation, in the body of Christ. You have seen, you have heard, you have visioned, you have envisioned and, and that is what navigating you. Understand this, resist him by standing firm in your faith. How is your faith today? Faith is not just saying that you believe in God. Your faith is actually tested when you are the lowest pit of your life. How do we navigate that? Listen, I want to take your attention towards another scripture portion here. And that's where we were going to camp for some time. It's from Numbers chapter 20, verse 1 to 13. Numbers chapter 20, verse 1 to 20, 1 to 13 is a portion that you see in the scriptures, which talks to us about how the children of Israel are moving in the direction of the promised land, the Canaan. Canaan and uh, as they are moving towards that, you know, they come to a place called, let me read it for you. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin and they stayed at Kadesh. Then Miriam died and was buried. Now there was no water for the community. And the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into the wilderness? That we and our livestock should die here. Listen, why did you bring us up? out of Egypt to this terrible place. I love how the, the story or the narration of the scriptures go. Why did you bring us uh, out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates. For real. And there is no water to drink. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down. This is what I do when I go through a lot of these questions. Fell face down in the tent of the Almighty God. You gave me this people. They grumble, they murmur all the time. Like murmuring and grumbling is the second name that they take. <laughs> it's their middle name, right? And Lord, this is the people that you have given me. They fell face down and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Verse 7, the Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so that they and their livestock can drink. Verse 9, so Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock and Moses said to them, listen you rebels. Oh, I love that word. Listen you rebels. When Josiah does not do what I want him to do, listen you rebel. You keep rebelling me all the time. The spirit of rebellion. Listen, you rebels. There are a lot of people who are very rebellious in church. Listen, you rebels. Moses said that, okay? Not just me. It's the Bible that I've... Is that the same thing in your Bible as well? If not, uh, please change the Bible. Listen, you rebels. Must we bring you water out of the rock? Then Moses raised his arm, struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and the livestock drank. I just want to pause there. As we look into Numbers chapter 20, verse 1 to 13, Moses is going through a very different levels of his emotional imbalances here. He is in the presence of God and asking God and all that is good. But when he's asking God, Lord, you know, I'm leading this congregation for the last so many years. Uh, 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 and we are at the verge of walking into or occupying the land you have shown us. But we are camped at this place and there is 
there is a need that the people have presented. And as any leader of God's house, Moses did the right thing in approaching God. Because when you bring questions to me, I don't have all the answers. Are you with me? Hallelujah. When you ask questions, when you bring questions, the only answer I can give you is, let me ask my Lord. Let me ask my Savior. Because if I try to answer people in my natural uh, emotional imbalances, I will bring much more chaos in the situation. Are you with me, church? When people come up with requests, all I say is, I can do. I am not the one who heals. It's the Lord who does it. Now, there are people here, you're doing a very good job in the areas of your influences. People will come to you with prayer need. Brother, sister, don't hesitate, but pray for them. Because end of the day, it's not you who are working miracles. It is the God that you are calling. It is the Lord that you're bringing into that need. It is the God that you're bringing into that situation. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, no matter what life situation you're going through. But if somebody comes and asks you, brother, can you pray for me? I am going through this in my life situation. Brother, sister, don't hesitate. Pray for them. If you are a true child of God and you believe and you understand that, don't hesitate in praying for that person. Man, I tell you something. I have seen miracles happening in the life of our folks, our church, uh, the churches that I pastor, the church that I pastored, when believers prayed for them, not the pastor. I don't stand here to, you know, I need the credit. Some pastors, some leaders are like, I need the credit. I prayed, I fasted, I prayed. So you have the miracle, you have the victory. No, I want to empower people to understand. Brother, sister, when you have a challenge, go seek God. Your challenges will be answered. Tell people, you know what? I will pray for you. Brother, your prayers can be answered by God. Let me just quickly get into that. I want to mention three D's here for your understanding. Three D's. Number one is the deficit. Verse 2 talks to us about, Now there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. In other words, the place there is called as a place where people gathered together to quarrel. They came together to quarrel. You know what people do sometimes? They always have the intention of, you know what? No matter what it is, we will come and fight you. We will come to argue with you. We will come to disagree with you. We will come to bring any sort of tension, you know? And that's how you see everything is going good. God led them through the Red Sea. God gave and provided them in through their wilderness journey. But at a given point, when they had a lack of water, right? All they had to do was, all they had to do was, and all they could have done was, understanding that I got the power to pray and God will supply my needs. He's not a God who brings me into a place and leaves me deserted. He's a God, if He has led me, He provides for me. We go through life situation in many ways and, and, and these are some of the, the thoughts that capture us and we make decisions based on these thoughts. God has led me in the past. Now is the greatest tribulation that I'm facing. Can I tell you, if He led you in the past, He is God and His position has not changed because you have faced a much bigger Goliath in your life. He still remains to be God. He still remains to hold the position to take care of what you're going through. And here in the story, as you see, there is a deficit. Understand this, moments when, you know, a lot of uh, family struggles happen when there's a deficit in finances. When there's a deficit in acknowledging the other partner, person in your relationship. There, 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 you know, deficit uh, uh, makes you quarrel. Deficit, when you see that you're lacking in it, when you see there is a lack within, you know, instead of coming together to, to talk and to see what has gone wrong, but the intention of the mind is to pick a battle with the same person that you live with so long. The same group that has led you out so wrong. The moment you see a deficit, you always come together. How can I fight them? 
Brother, sister, can I tell you something? No matter what your background is, no matter where or which city you come from, no matter what your, your, your political status is, but can I tell you, I don't want people to fight with me here. I want people to stand with me and fight for the same cause that we are fighting in the kingdom of God. Fighting to advance his kingdom. Fighting to stand against the trials of the enemy. Against the scheme and the devices. Against the devices. And that's where we're missing out. Because the moment we see, the moment we hear, the moment we come across a place of deficit, we're always ready in arms and ammo to just attack people. But I am here to help us understand in through those imbalance of our emotional state, always know, God, you are the center of my life. I know you have led me in the past and I know you can lead me in the future too. Now listen, now there was no water for the community, that's deficit. And, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron, right? Now listen, I want to mention this. The closer you get to the promise, you can write it down if you want or put it in the chat too. The closer you get to your promise, the greater the conflict gets. The closer you are at the verge of walking into your promised land. And that's when the enemy comes. The enemy will try to do whatever he can in his power to keep you out of the promised land. If you are at the verge of getting close to something big. You are at the verge of getting into the promised land that God has given you. You walked all these miles in through the wilderness. But somewhere now you're caught up in your mind wilderness. Your mind wilderness. And that's where your, 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 your thoughts have taken over. Your impulses there. You're making some decisions which is not right at all. Deficit led them to do things. Instead of just believing God, you led me in the past. The attitude of a Christian should be a heart filled with gratitude towards God. Thankfulness for what he has done. Even when I don't see it, I still know you're working for me. Even when I don't see it, I still know God, you're doing it for me. Just because it did not happen in your schedule and your plan does not mean that God is not working. He is still, it's good when we sing those songs, but we, when we actually go through life struggles, when we don't see the answers, we're like, God, only if you could have answered me four days ago, my brother Lazarus would not have been dead. Baby Martha and Mary, understand this. I don't function in your time schedule. I come in my time and I know what is best for you. Oh Jesus, only if you came when I fasted and prayed 21 days ago. Jesus, only if you answered when I fasted and prayed for 40 days. Sometimes when you fast and pray, God does not answer you. Only because He's changing the way your heart's condition is. Your miracle comes only after a divine encounter. Or in, last week I mentioned that as the interruptions of God. The interruptions of God as the prerequisites of the miraculous to happen. Their deficit led them to make decisions. Bring words out of their mouth. What happened because of that? That entire generation perished in the wilderness. I'm so afraid when I mention the scripture here. We can do everything God has wanted us to do in the right way. But maybe that one word, maybe that one conversation can take you out from eternal glory of Jesus Christ. That entire generation, just because there was a deficit. The closer you get to your promise, the greater the conflict gets. The moment your conflict is getting bigger, that's just a sign. That's just a sign that it is just few yards away. It is just a stone throw away that your promised land is where God is taking you. Your conflict. Listen. There are many deficits that we go through in our life. When there is a deficit, you start reacting rather than responding. And that's how we do. We start reacting to that. 
not responding in the way we should. We have in our generation today a surplus of opinions, but a deficit of empathy. Is that not true? We have a surplus of information, but a deficit of wisdom. I wrote it down so that I can, I can go in the order where we are failing as a church. I can preach here and just walk out. Nothing making sense, but let us understand. Surplus of opinions, but deficit of empathy. Surplus of information, but a deficit of wisdom. Where are we failing? More ways to communicate today. You have every social media platform to communicate, but we are less communicated ever. That we have not been able to communicate into the life of people, even though we have you know, Facebook and Instagram and everything. Everything. There's so much going on. More ways to communicate, but we are less connecting than ever. Listen, Bible helps us to understand. Be aware of the schemes of the devil. In other words, the devices of the devil is what the translation helps us show. The devices of the this is a device. I'm not literally saying that this is the device that the devil is using, but there are many devices that the devil can use to bring your spiritual life down, to make sure that you don't reach your potential, to make sure that you don't reach your purpose, to make sure that you don't reach your promised land. Brother, sister, no matter what you accumulated in this world, but you have not met with our Lord, or if you don't have that hope, Everything that you have gathered in this world means nothing. It's garbage like Paul says. Today we have to understand that. I may gather everything. Wealth, family, everything. But have you lost the love of God? The closer you get to the promise, the greater the conflict gets. More ways to communicate and we are less connecting because of all these devices that bring divisions. Devices, I love that. Devices that bring divisions in the life. Too many devices. We are desperate to connect. As a human being, we are desperate to connect. Yesterday morning, Anisha sent me a message, um, of a forward that uh, one of our friends had sent it to her, I believe. And uh, it, it, a 12-year-old young boy committed suicide. A 12-year-old young boy committed suicide. We broke down while we were reading that. A young 12-year-old boy committed suicide and simply because he has no friends to connect with. He has no people to connect with. Parents, be watchful of your children. Be watchful of their community. I'm glad that we have a community at our church here, but make sure that you encourage them that they come around a community within the house of God that helps them to propel in the footsteps of God Almighty. Listen, the cost. Now, this is where I want to bring it. The next thing is, the next D that I want to mention here is disappointment. When the deficit was addressed, there's a disappointment. Listen, they quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell down, dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into the wilderness? Listen to those words. These are people addressing to Moses. Why did you bring the Lord's community to the wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain, no fig, no grapevine, no pomegranates, and there is no water to drink at all. All these people cared was how can I satisfy my natural state? How can I satisfy the natural well-being of I as an individual? In a lot of ways, within the church community, we see that. People say, I'm not benefited at all. Brother, sister, it's almost like you have paid a subscription plan over here. Just because you pay $300, $400 per month, you are expecting the wrong thing to happen because your heart is somewhere else. Your heart is not in the right place. A lot of us are treating church like a subscription plan. I pay my tithe, so I need to be benefited. What is your benefit? Beneficent. What, what needs to be benefited in this life here? I need my two good songs and a good message to go back home after that, relax, and then show up next morning, next Sunday, if I am okay, if I get to wake up. If not, Bedside Assembly is the way I go. 
Listen, their disappointment led them to have quarreling with Moses, their leader. And they said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead. Look at how the Lord has intervened their life when they were in Egypt. We know that story. Bible says, God says, I heard their cry. I heard their cry. So I want Moses, you to go and deliver my people. I heard their cry. I have seen their pain. My people are perishing. I need you to go and deliver them. But when Moses actually goes, you know what they say? Egypt is better than the wilderness. Egypt had so much good. The same Egypt that you left. The same Egypt that you asked God to take you out. The same Egypt now, you're crying to go back. Look at the emotional stages of people in their feelings, how they are bringing those words. Bible helps us to understand words have life. It'll come to pass in our life. What you speak will happen. Be careful of what you say. Be careful of what you speak. They quarreled. Listen, when you look into that place, you have to understand the cost of controlling people is ending up alone. Let me pause there. The cost of controlling people is ending up all alone. All alone. These guys are all made up their mind now to just go back into the place, right? They want to be under the control. But what happened in their decisions? They have become so lonely over here. Listen, I want to mention this and I want to just go into the next portion here. When you don't have what you live, you know, when you don't have what you need to live, they are trigger points for you to cause mental imbalances in your emotional state. Everybody in this room has a button. And there are people who knows how to press that button. To trigger you. To make those imbalances within you. Brother, sister, but understand that don't let anybody play you. We are letting too many people play us. Our emotions are playing us because of what has been fed into our mind. There is a reason why Instagram and social media outlets are known as the feed. Why? Because these things are feeding your, your mind. Are you with me? It is feeding our mind. The social media feed, it's feeding us. You don't know it, but the more you are into it, it's just feeding you. And if this is the only information you always get, then you are in a wrong state of mind. Let me go really quick. Some people are really excited to hear this. The third thing that I want to mention, the third thing I want to mention, the third D that I want to mention here is dependence. Dependence. Let's read for that, you know, as we see, God told him, to speak to the rock and not to strike it. I'm going very fast here. God asked him to speak to the rock and not to strike it. But what is Moses doing? He's already driven with all these imbalances of his emotional state here, right? And he goes to the presence of God and he comes back. He takes the same rod that God has asked him to take, the same staff that he took and carried all these years. Right? God just asked him to speak at the rock. What did he do? He took the rod and his, he started striking it. He did it two times. Of course, when he did it, the miracle happened. Water gushed out. Everybody drank. They were all satisfied. I believe the grumbling ended that day. But what happened? It costed them not to enter the promised land. It costed them the very reason they journeyed on from Egypt. The very reason they trekked all these miles in the wilderness. They were somewhere caught up in the wilderness of their mind. And they destroyed everything. There's God, the land flowing with milk and honey. The land that was prosperous and all that. Just because... They were caught up in the emotional states for water. They started quarreling. I'm not saying water is not important, but they started quarreling for that. Disagreements within them. 
And I'm here to ask us in our family, organization, church environments, there might be disagreements, but don't go to an extent. Let me be very careful and very straightforward here. Don't go to an extent that cost you your eternal life. No matter what you do, my brother, my sister, but if it costs you your eternity, it's not worth fighting for. It's not worth standing for. The third aspect I mentioned here is dependence. Listen to this. You know what God, when God said, Moses, all you have to do is speak to the rock and not strike it. You might think that, you know what, God is just playing here. You know, just God wanted to see how he handles, you know. But in other words, in other words, God was just testing his dependence. Are you dependable? Can, can, I, can, can you depend on me? Am I, I am your source here. Not this rod. Just because the previous season you used the staff to split the Red Sea, the previous time you struck the rock and water came out, didn't mean anything that the, it's not about the rod, it's about me. It's not about the staff that you're carrying, my brother, it's about me. Some pastors are caught up with the position as ministry or pastor. Even if I don't have a pulpit to preach, I'm still an anointed of God Almighty. Are you with me? I don't just get caught up with that I need to have a pulpit to just preach. And that message is open for everybody here. You are an anointed one of God regardless of your position that you have a crowd or not. Some people want to preach only if you have 50, 100, 150. Only if you have a classy environment. Regardless of your environment, you're still a pastor. You're still a preacher. You're still the anointed of God. Minister in the area where God has placed you. Who is your dependence? For Moses, it was his rod. It was very clear. God said, just speak to it. Moses is like, God, really? Now, if I'm going to speak to it and nothing happens, then I have to use the rod, right? So let me just go ahead and use the rod. Because you know God. Now, let me, I'm, I'm going to bring your attention to us. You know how the story starts when God called him to go and deliver? What was Moses' response? What did Moses say? Can somebody help me? What did Moses respond back to God in the beginning in, in, in Exodus chapter 3 when God actually intervened and called Moses to go and deliver my people? What was Moses' immediate response? What did Moses say? God, I have a... What, what was the word? I have a stuttering problem. I stammer. But in through the journey... When it has come here, God wants Moses to understand, Moses, I know what your problem is. But the remedy to your problem is not the staff that you're holding. It is your dependency on God and God alone. And this time, I don't want you to use your staff, but I want you to speak it. Because only if you could open your mouth, I would heal your stuttering problem. You might be a stammerer. You might be a person with no confidence at all. But don't trust on the things that helped you thus far. Trust on the God. It's not about the things, but it is about God and God Almighty. Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than you praise today. I have a stuttering problem, God. Do I not know it? That I, you have a problem? Do I not know it? That you, you cannot communicate, you cannot put your thoughts together. Do I not know it? But did you forget that it was I, not the rod, it was I who has led you thus far? My brother, sister, where are you in your life's journey? What are those in, 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 in your feelings? Where are you in your emotional states? Where are you today? How are you today? In the midst of your deepest valley, He's still God Almighty. In the midst of where you are, in the midst of dry, He is still nothing. No, the position of God has not changed just because where you are at. He's still God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1 to 11 is a revelation that God gave Paul here. It says, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, and they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud in the sea. 
Verse 3, they all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them and the rock was Christ. Paul has a revelation from God and he's helping the church understand. Brothers and sisters, our ancestors drank from a rock and the rock unites us as brothers and sisters. It's not a rock that stumbles people, but this rock helps people to strive and thrive in life. Listen, it wasn't about Moses. It is about me as a pastor. It's about the rock that Jesus is. All Moses had to do was speak to it, not strike it. Speak to it. His stuttering, stammering, issue would have been dealt with that day would have he done that he would have been in the canon with everybody else but just because he did other ways otherwise and other things that costed him his eternal life i want to come back to numbers chapter 20 verse 13 can i have my worship team behind me now here in the story is the backdrop of what has actually happened there. There were the waters at, of Meribah where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord. The word Meribah, in other words, means the place where they gather to quarrel. Where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord and where he was proved holy among them. In verse 3 it says, It said they quarreled with Moses, but they were quarreling with the Lord. They were quarreling with Moses, but they were having disagreements with the Lord. When you have an argument with your leader, you're having an argument with your God. They quarreled with their God. If they, they, it is said that they quarreled with Moses, but they were quarreling with the Lord. It worked. The water came out of the rock and it worked on the surface. Listen, but Moses did not get to enter the promised land that God has promised Psalm 114 verse 8. Who turned or who turns the rock into a pool? The hard rock into spring of water. Who can do it? Now this is what I want to mention here. The area of your greatest mistake can become the area of his greatest miracle. Only if you let him in. Listen to this. The area of your greatest mistake. We all make mistakes. Is there anybody who is perfect here? Not me. I believe that we progress in life into the perfection in the image of Christ Jesus. The area of their greatest mistake, or the, in other words, the area of your greatest mistake can become a platform of His greatest miracle in your life only if you're willing to allowing Him. Only if you allow God to work in your life, your mess can become a message. Your mistake can become the miracles and the platform of His greatest miracles. Only if you allow. Now listen, the thoughts you think in this season is the outcome you will be in the next. The thoughts you think in this season is the outcome you will see in the next season. What are your thoughts? Where are you in your emotional state? Where are you in your feelings today? Unfortunately, Moses could not make it to the promised land because he was so caught up with his emotional state, in his feelings, in his feelings, it took him down. That's what I want to mention here. Can we all rise up in God's house? I want to mention here, my friends, it was never, never, never about Moses' rod. It was never about Moses' staff. It was about God and God Himself. Not about the things that we have in our life. God has blessed us with. That's not where we are dependable to. We are dependable to our God Almighty. We depend on Him. Every moment of our life, every journey that we are in, we depend on our God for everything. You have a lack, you have a deficit in your life. You don't go back and depend on the things around you. You don't start a quarreling there. You look to God Almighty. 
in the midst of your deficits he knows how to answer you you turn back to your rod your rod cannot help you it is god who helps you it is god who helps you moses said you know what i don't have the ability to speak lord maybe that's what he thought but god said only if you could have spoke the words i would have healed you into your destiny i would have taken you pushed you into your destiny moses why why did you have to got caught up with your emotional stature yes of course he did it in the past with the rod doesn't mean today he has to do it he disobeyed his disobedience costed him his eternal life where are we in life journey today how are we entertaining the thoughts around us who is feeding into our mind today these are some of the questions i want you to take home with who is feeding in into your mind into your thoughts today what are you feeding yourself the things that you feed on today will eventually show up in your life and i was talking to some young people that the, the music you listen to the areas that you are under the influence of you're feeding them into your soul it'll cost you your eternal life be careful where we are at in life journey be careful that in everything we do do things to glorify his name The thoughts you think in this season is what you become in the next. What are the thoughts? Every eye closed. Never everybody to ponder for this moment from the hearing of God's word. Look into the deficits we have in our life. Look into the disappointments that has led us thus far for life. But also I want you to see yourself depending on god for everything depend on god my friend today depend on him depend on god today depend on him 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 the rock of ages is jesus himself it's that rock that helps us to stand it is that rock that helps us to stand the rock is jesus for generation to generation he has withstood and he is still the same the one who was yesterday today and forever the rock of ages is jesus himself speak to him today will you speak to our rock jesus you speak to him my friend you will see the answer of god you talk to him You always depended on your pastor talking to God for you. You always depended on your father, your mother talking to God for you. Which was good, but today I want to challenge everybody here when you talk, when you speak to this rock. He says, "Brother, daughter, son, I am here for you." Don't be dependent on people around you. Depend on God. Let him be the constant strength of your life. every eye closed looking to our savior's face as we sing a song right now give him glory and honor in this building i want us to make a surrender and a commitment do nothing that costs your eternal life that's the word i want to end today do nothing that costs your eternal life let us sing a song and honor god right now